Order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. This is the Week in Review, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan. How are you? How was your week? My week was pretty good. Week in Review, pretty good. And there you have it. We have reviewed Brendan's week. We are done for the day. Thanks yep. for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Actually, the, this week, I mean, normally what we like to do on the Week in Review is kind of go through some of those those top stories, some of the things that you don't find in the news that are more obscure but very interesting. But this week, I think we've got to talk about a decision that came out of the federal courts that I think is so impactful that that this is what we're going to focus on today. And, and we've talked about this topic before. Um, it is the landmark case mm-hmm. that was just decided last week. I'm going to say this wrong. You know, my wife has yelled at me because in one of my uh, YouTube shorts or Instagram, I, I pronounced it wrong. The luxury brand, Hermes, well, however you say it. I'm Isn't doing it my- pronounced Hermes? That makes sense. I, that's what I thought I said. I don't know what she she was very critical of yeah. my pronunciation. Yeah, Hermes, perhaps maybe that's what it is. I said Hermes. It's Hermes. Well, there we there we go. Um, Hermes, Hermes, maybe. I don't even know at this point. I don't know. It's H E R M E with one of those little squiggly, non squiggly, backward apostrophe things. S. It's okay. French. So while we wait for the ruling on how to say it, <laughs> so this is this is probably one of the most important lawsuits involving the 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 digital tech yeah industry metaverse that that's come out and as it's just so interesting it really i mean i don't really get excited about breaking lawsuits because you see it every day but this right. one i'm excited about because Hermes who is a luxury fashion designer they are famous for their luxury purse pocketbook called the Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. Well, they sued an NFT artist. We'll talk about that in a minute um, for trademark infringement over his creation of a meta Birkin NFT. Okay. So the, the I'm going to tell you what happened here and then we're going to talk about it. The jury awarded or or found i should say um rothschild who is uh the creator mason rothschild he's the one who created the nfts they they found him to be liable for trademark infringement and they they sided in favor of hermes huh this is interesting because you and i have talked about on the show NFTs. Yeah. We talked extensively about them. Mm-hmm. Okay. NFT stands for non-fungible token. We know it's a digital asset, digital artwork. Um, so before I get into what the court said and how and why the jury ruled this way and why this is such an important decision, I want to ask you, because I don't know if I've asked you this before, an NFT, yeah. what do you consider it? Is it is it 
what is it for you? Is it is it? A, well, I'll I'll tell you. It's the idea behind NFT is oh, it's art, but it's sellable, and it's like it's like a token. And there's there's so many words going around about NFTs. Some people think NFTs are going to be like contracts. Some people think they're going to be the future of art. Essentially, what it is is like it's like stocks or Bitcoin, right? It's like Bitcoin. It's like cryptocurrency. You own it. It's a token. For example, I own a. I, I don't, but I'm just like in this theoretical. You own a monkey NFT picture. Its price was a thousand dollars when you bought it. Tomorrow it could be worth three thousand, right? But the idea is that you own the the design, but in reality, none of that actually holds up, and that's not true, you know. And there's a lot of flaws with it. I've told you before about people whose monkeys have been stolen. I don't think it's art because it's it's not. It's like a Bitcoin, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, all right. Well, hold on. You, you're you're saying cryptocurrency, Bitcoin's yeah. cryptocurrency, but but you said originally it was art that you can buy. Kind of. That's what you said. So, but it's so, not like you buy the art. You buy like a like a token that I don't know. I don't even. I don't know. I mean, it's not okay. So you're not buying the image, but when you buy. Let's say I buy a, a, a I don't know, I, the Mona Lisa goes up for sale. Yeah, okay. Right? And I buy the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. I own that painting, but do I own the artist's rights, assuming that he was still alive, of course, but in, in, in my weird hypothetical. Mm-hmm. So if I own the painting, do I own the rights to the painting? So for let me give you another example, right? Well, well, um, think of it like this: you can right-click and save an image of an NFT. Yeah, I don't right? own that, but you don't own the NFT. The NFT it's connected to the blockchain, yes. so it it like it belongs to whoever owns it, whoever has that, you know, ownership right. of but it. But wait a second, in wait. a different way to the Mona Lisa. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Yeah. If I own the mm-hmm. NFT. Right. I don't own the image. You don't? I don't. But depending on the the brand of NFT, some have tried to push the idea that you own what the image is of. For example, that monkey one, the Bored Apes, they have a thing where if you own you know, an NFT, you can use that ape for whatever you want. So Right, but I don't own the image. So my, my hypothetical is... Um, go forget the Mona well, because Lisa you know you know around the time the NFTs got big, people thought like, oh my god, I'm going to sell Star Wars, and it was famously a, a picture of Star Wars. One of the more famous scenes was put up for like a million dollars, and it didn't sell because even if you own that, you don't own the trademark. Well, it, it's yes, you but, don't own the rights to Star right, Wars. But wait, but hold on. Okay, so, go ahead. So, um, Kincaid, I can't remember the artist's first name. He's the, the painter of light. You see his galleries in every mall in America. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid. Okay. So Thomas Kincaid is dead, but his style of painting lives on. Yeah. And so if I go into a Thomas Kincaid gallery, I'm using this as an example because I'm sure many of you out there have seen these in the mall. I go up and I say, all right, there's a Thomas Kincaid painting of the Magic Kingdom yeah. or Boba Fett. Or some village somewhere. Mm-hmm. I buy that. I own that, right? I own, let's say I buy the Boba Fett one. Yeah. I own that Thomas Kincaid painting yep. of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. But does that give me the right to start making Boba Fett t-shirts? No. Because I don't actually own the image. Right. 
I own that particular piece of artwork. Yeah. So a painting mm-hmm. is art. Would you agree? Yes. But it's a commodity as well. Would you agree? I can buy and sell uh, it. Yes. Okay. An NFT is art. Would you agree? Uh, it's more complicated than that, I think. But I, I get what you're saying. Okay. And if if hypothetically you agree with me, for argument's sake, that an NFT is art, isn't it also a commodity? Well, yes, definitely. Okay. You buy and sell it. And right. That's the whole point of it. You know, you own right. your NFT, and then in 10 years it's more expensive. So here you see the massive dilemma that you and I are in over what the rights are and whether it's art or whether it's a commodity. Right. You see how confusing this is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why this case is so unbelievably important. Here's what happened. So Meta Birkin, right, which is the yeah. NFT, um, which was created by Mason Rothschild, his legal team argued that this is art and that it's his right of artistic expression under the Constitution's First Amendment. So they make a First Amendment argument over artistic expression. And to go further, he argues that if you know Andy Warhol, the the, the artist, pop artist, Andy Warhol uh, has this famous picture painting of a Campbell's soup can and Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah. And it's in that stylized, you know, Andy Warhol way, right? Yes. But but you can look at it and you can clearly see that it's Coke and Campbell's. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, Rothschild in this case argues that what he did with the Meta Birkin, right, yeah. is no different than what Andy Warhol did. Got it. Completely the same. That's what he argues. And he argues that under that First Amendment right of artistic expression, he's completely within his right to do that. Right. Now, on the other side, you've got Hermes. See how I said that this I time? I do. Very nice. Yeah. They're arguing that this is not artwork. Mm-hmm. They argue that this is a commodity that they are using the image and likeness of their product, their genuine Hermes product, yeah, and that it is, the Metaburkin is so similar, it is sub- substantially similar, that it will lead to the likelihood of confusion. So they're relying on this pure trademark issue. This yeah. is our brand. This is our... Um, you know, our intellectual property and your quote unquote art is infringing on it because you've created a, a substantially similar product. It's too similar to our goods. Yeah. And on the other side, you've got Rothschild saying, no, wait a minute. It, uh, I'm Andy Warhol and this is artistic expression. I can take your Birkin bag and I can make it a meta Birkin and I can sell it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the jury ultimately, found mm-hmm. that Rothschild did infringe on Hermes' trademark. Really? So basically, what is the jury saying except an NFT is not art, it's a commodity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I get it. And so here's here's an interesting uh, point. The collection of Meta Birkins 
it made more than 200 Ethereum, Ethereum being a form of cryptocurrency, right? which at the time was valued at $790,000. Really? So Rothschild's sale of these NFTs was, was not an insignificant amount of money made, right? $790,000. Wow. Absolute craziness yeah, when you completely. think about it. Now, at the end of the day, the jury said that um, the artist, you know, I use that lightly, uh, had to pay to Hermes $133,000 in damages. So that didn't even really matter, though, did it? I mean, you made seven hundred ninety thousand, and that's been a debate online all week. Yeah. So he he's given a hundred and thirty three thousand um, dollar damage award that that Rothschild has to pay, but he made seven hundred ninety thousand, assuming that you know it, it's still worth that, or he had taken it out of Ethereum and and changed it to you know the dollar, um, but it it seems unfair in that sense that all right you infringed on our trademark we're going to fine you or, or you know fine damages in the amount of 133 but you made 790 right on our trademark product yeah but then so there's that argument right and people go nuts over that but the other thing that i think is really the most important takeaway here is a jury decided that an nft is not art it is a commodity got it now what do you think that means for nft artists moving forward and other digital assets i mean i think that well i mean it has i think that what i said earlier is is true about um like how, you know, oh, you sell a picture of Star Wars as an NFT, that means it's infringement. You know, that's that's infringement. You're selling. It's like if you sold uh, a shirt with Star Wars on it, you know, that's infringement. I think that it's interesting because, like, it doesn't affect most NFT um, large-scale, you know, uh, packages like the apes because they're not infringing on anything, you know. They're just... They're, they're made by the company that's running it all. You know what I mean? But I do think it's interesting because, I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Well, th this has, I think, wide um, impact. Yeah. Broad impact on, mm -hmm. on the entire metaverse and on the entire digital asset industry because if an NFT as a digital asset is now going to be determined not to be a piece of art and therefore there's no first amendment right to that artistic expression what does that mean for other digital assets and what does that mean for the future of the metaverse that's actually a very good point i'm gonna i'm gonna bring something up really quick there's a video game it's called vr chat have you heard of it yes it is essentially what everyone wants the metaverse to be except instead of having to spend all kinds of cryptocurrency it's just a free game you can go and play it allows people to get together in a 3D space. It allows you to dress up as whatever character you want. If, I mean, if what you're saying is true, that means that the metaverse could never reach that level because the fun of that game, VR Chat, is that I can go in, I can go get a Boba Fett 3D skin, 
and I can go run around as Boba Fett, you know, in in Super Mar in a replica Super Mario castle, all in virtual reality. Metaverse, if it's now going to be, you know, so heavily I, I I'm not gonna say like yeah, watched, you know, by all these companies, you're not gonna be able to do any of that. You know, it's gonna be like, what's the point if it's just like real life? You don't have this artistic expression to represent brands. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, you don't have it in real life either because if I created uh so I, I read this story recently because you know what here, I mean I'm going ahead of myself, but I've often passed this one uh, dog grooming business, mm-hmm. and I happen to be a fan of peanuts, you know, like Charlie Brown yeah. and Snoopy. I love it. And every time I pass this one particular dog cleaning place, they have a, a, a painting mm-hmm. of Snoopy yeah. on their window. Yeah, there's a diner that I like, similar uh, situation. That the I've Gotham Diner, right, with Batman. Well, I, I wasn't going to bring the Gotham Diner up, no, but you're completely right. For reference, for those who don't know, near where we live, there is a Gotham Diner. Not right? in Gotham City. It's Not just in Gotham the name of the City. Diner. Just a place nearby, and it's so heavily Batman. It's it's slightly funny, but I I like it. Like there's images of paintings of Batman. So so all right. But let's... I was talking about a diner. This diner just I don't remember where it is, but it's got cartoon characters. Oh, I know what you're talking all about. All over the walls, like. Yeah. Very, very, very copyright heavy. Know. Yeah, yeah, and, yep. and it's. I think it's funny. It's fun. It's an enjoyable place to go. You see all these cartoon characters, but I think it's it's kind of funny how yeah they've just taken it with no regards to anything. Well, yeah. So, so that's interesting, right? What so taking into account all those 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 two diners and then the yeah. dog grooming place? I read last week that Disney actually sued a business for trademark infringement for using like a Mickey Mouse image mm-hmm. without being authorized. So in the real world, I'm going to argue that if the owner of that intellectual property finds out that you are using the image, yeah, they have the right to sue you for infringement. So the diners that you're talking about, in theory, if the owner of that trademark or intellectual property was there and saw it, they could Mm -hmm. sue them. So what's the difference then between what you have in the metaverse? It's going to be the same thing as what you have in the, the non real verse, the real verse. And that's why I'm saying like, what's the point if there are free video games that allow you to achieve everything you could possibly want that the metaverse will never reach. I think that people have this idea that the metaverse is going to be this lawless place that you can kind of do everything and anything you want. But within the confines of our society, there's I don't a, see a, how I'm it gonna, could. Yeah, there's a, I don't mean to cut you off here, but you know The Office? Yeah. There's a scene in The Office where Dwight plays a game called Second Life. Yes, and, I remember and that. And the joke is that in his video game, he's the exact same character. He is a paper salesman in real life, and he's a paper salesman in the video game who looks exactly the same. Yep. And that's what the metaverse is going to end up being, you know? Yep. Why not just do stuff in real life? Yep, 100%. That's my thought. That is that is interesting. All right, well, listen, I think we have beaten this to a dead... Uh, no, I've beaten a dead horse. That's what yes. I meant to say. We've beaten this into a dead horse and then beat that dead horse. Is that what you're saying? Right, and then created a dead horse NFT. I'd make a joke linking this to our roadkill episode, like if you'd like to eat that dead horse, but... No. 
I I remember that fondly. I that was that was a fun episode. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, episode of the week in review. Again, I mean, normally we will go through. Uh, some of the top stories yeah. that you might not have heard of. This in, one was just so important. This though. is really important. The yeah. name of the case, by the way, if you want to look it up, is Hermes International SA versus Rothschild. It's in the Southern District of New York. That's federal court. Um, fascinating, fascinating decision. And I can't wait to see what comes of this, whether or not this is appealed and and what impact that this is going to have on the metaverse, the, the digital landscape. I mean, when you think of it, this is the first case of its type ever. This is yeah. the first time we've ever looked at NFTs and it its nexus to intellectual property. I mean, this is yeah, this is this is like, you know, h- historic when you think about it. I know I'm very excited. Yeah. All right. I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Understanding the Law Radio. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.